This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. One, two. One, two. One, two. Oh, I thought we were going to do it together. No, one, two. 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 Here's a good game to play. Okay. And uh, when Catherine finally turns up... Oh, here she is. Oh, here she is. Problem? Yeah, we're going to play a good game, OK? We've got to count to 20, um, but we are... Go- you, you, but you don't know who's going to say what number. All right. And if you, say, if you come in at the same time, you've got to start again. OK. One. Two. Three. Four, five. You, that's rude, it. You can only oh. do one number at a time. Oh, OK. Let's start again. One. Two. Three. Four. Five, six. six. Oh, so I win. No, no, Sweet. no one wins. We've all lost. We've shown that we can't work together as a team. I thought I won. One, two, three, four, five, six. Catherine's not doing anything. So you win, isn't it? What by you being quiet? In many ways, yes, but not in this game. You one. You've got Cat's mic open. Oh, oh, that's really? a shame. You sure you want this open? <laughs> one, two, three. Four. Four. Oh. oh, will you stop it? Well, you were keeping quiet. I'm going to turn the mic off again. I don't think we need it. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks. No, not you. You. We're whispering in your ears. That's not whispering. Go on, get, go on. That's uh, your whispering sweet num-nums. Go on, I'm doing that for the ladies and some of the gentlemen. Go on, get Kelly, do something for some of the older men. Hi, guys, you look lovely today. And Catherine, do something for, you know, the, the deviants. Carl, what have you been eating? Why are you doing that? I, I'm, this and you're is... touching your hair as well. Why are you That's that? what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm whispering sweet nothings in their ear, getting them feeling a little bit fruity. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least open your eyes. <laughs> so lovely. I feel like I need a shower. You, yeah, exactly, because you're, you're feeling so um, uh, no. sexy. I'm feeling disgusting. You have downloaded the podcast, and boy, oh boy, is it a great podcast this week. Is it a great podcast this week? Um, well, um... On Monday, he said, moving swiftly to the script, Linda called in with a whisper. She'd heard strange noises overnight in Hell Hempstead. We decided... ..to investigate. Tom's in Bedfordshire. Morning, Tom. Good morning. Tom, I've been told this is not your real name. You're using a non de plume, a pseudonym... Correct. A fake name. M- may I ask why? Ooh. Well, I'd rather not give my real name. Oh no, I don't want your real name. I don't. Want, I just wondered why you were using yeah. a fake. Why you felt the need to use a fake name? Just, just in case. Just in case. All right. Just in case there are consequences. You've called in about the banging. The fireworks. Yeah. What, what's it's, going on? It's a code. Sorry. It's a code from drug dealers. It, it tells everybody that they. Arrived. They, a shipment's arrived. The shipment of, of drugs has of arrived. Drugs have arrived and they're open for business. Right. They go off in the afternoon. They go off at all hours, and it's Jungle Telegraph. Dude is only going to phone somebody up and say, you know, tell your mates that they're in. They just send up a firework. Yeah. Everybody knows. It's not. It, it's not a very subtle code, is it? Try to trace a firework. <laughs> you can trace a phone call, but you can't trace a firework. So instead of, I believe back in the day, they would just send a text round saying... Um, they can be traced. 
You, you could trace a firework to the, the back garden it was set off in, couldn't you? Who saw it go? Well, Colin earlier on did. At quarter to four in the morning, that case, to get in contact with the police and That's the way they do it. My son, unfortunately, was heavily involved in drugs. Yeah. He's the one who told me, because I saw one golf at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I said, what a waste. And he said, no, it's the code. Drug code. What, Colin, it sounds like you're, you're, you're busy beavering away. Can I ask what you're doing there? Uh, Tom, sorry, can I ask what you're doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am busy beavering away. What? But I'd rather not say, because otherwise, you know, my cover would be blown. Are you a spy, Tom? No. But I don't think we should pay the ransom, quite honestly. Tom, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Catherine Oil. BBC Three Counties Radio. My glorious reign begins. That's... Uh, they shouldn't be on my system. That that uh, That is a computer fault, mm. and that will be addressed. Caught her yawning! Hmm? Oh, I caught you yawning. So? Ah, you say so. <laughs> I say so. <laughs> Uh, we have fun here, don't we, girls? You do. Mm. Oh, we had uh, an email about you girls, actually. Oh, no. What? Not that woman that doesn't like us. No, 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 no. This is someone who... Um, um... Really hates us? No, someone who likes you. Hang on a minute. Where is it? Hang on a minute. 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 You know you're on the radio, don't you? Hang on a minute. It's like a little boy's voice when he's being funny. I don't want my mummy. Just like that. But he knows he's being funny. I want my mummy. Hang on a minute. 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 My um, two-year-old has started doing Helen Lederer's face. She does a lot of this. Sort of sideways looks and raising of eyebrows. Um, Ian, I... Basically, this is an email from Derek saying he thought the show was brilliant. Oh. Anyway, mixing serious issues with comedy is a rare skill to have. Both you, brackets, and your girls do it really well. I'm still smiling about today's show as I compose this email. So, you're my girls. That's nice that he's smiling about it. Isn't it? And he's calling me your girls. Aw. Thanks, Derek. I think that's a nice thing, and I think that I'm going to start referring to you as my girls. Oh, don't. Whoa. Mm. Why? What do we refer you to as? Boss. Uh, Sir. Huh? Milado. No, 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 no. That's JD. I'm the governor. You're my girls. And then we'll go to Milado later on. So, um, 1970s Bruce Forsyth, isn't it? Yeah, which is good. And he was was very successful, wasn't he? Look at him. Give you a twirl. Go on, then. Go on. Spin on that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gosh. Still the best offer I'm going to get today. Some listeners, mainly our women, are never happy. And Matt. Oh, yeah. Joyce called in to moan at us for not mentioning what's-his-name's 30th birthday. So we mentioned it for like a minute, which led to a very angry Marion Hemel calling in. Well, I'd like you to stop stabbing all the time at the royals. It gets very, very boring. Stabbing Please. at them? Yes. Leave them alone. I just said, I did just, have been saying that the royal family are, are better than us. Yes, I know, and it's obviously sarcasm, but leave them alone. It's uh, very easy to attack people when they can't fight back. Well, they can. They've got helicopters. Oh, don't be ridiculous. But, but also, point. Mary, no, I take great Look, offence. You're of, talking no. about the, him dressing up as a Nazi. Yes. OK, fair enough. It was wrong. Yeah. But 
Ed Balls did the same thing. I'm not talking about Ed Balls, though. It's not Ed Balls' 30th Ed birthday. Ed Balls did the same it's thing. It's not Ed Balls' no, 30th birthday. You, can you let me speak? Well, no, because it's not relevant, Mary. And also, can I have you to. Let me speak? No, I have to pick you up on something. I take can great. Can you let me speak? No, you have. It's you have... not just you on the phone. No, I know, Mary. It's, it, but, but you Balls have you have said something that is untrue, Mary, and so I wish to correct Ed it, Balls and then I will let you continue. Irrelevant. 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 Is it Ed Balls' 30th birthday, Mary? Silly little man. Let somebody else speak. Is it Ed Balls' 30th birthday? Have you hung up, Mary? Have you done a hit and run? Right, two things. Silly little man that she is. Two things, right? Don't hang up. Don't do a hit and run. Three things. One, don't do a hit and run. It's cowardly. Uh, Two things. It's not Ed Balls' 30th birthday, so there's not reason to talk about it. Third thing... We didn't want to talk about it in the first place. Joyce, see what you've started? Fourth thing, when I say the royal family are better than us, I mean it. I, genu- I actually had a row with Catherine at the weekend about this. I genuinely mean it, Mary. So please, don't come on and tell me what, what I mean and what I don't mean. And then don't do a hit and run and run off like a coward. Ed Balls is, 40- Ed Balls is 47. Today? Uh, 25th of February. Well, on the 25th of February, we'll talk about him dressing up as a Nazi, possibly. Flipping heck, Mary. Anyway, happy birthday, Harry. Happy birthday, Harry. Happy birthday, Mary. I do not want to mention the time I paid $100 for a monkey signature that didn't include my name. That would have cost an extra $40. That was a load of money. Yeah, I don't want that in the podcast. That's private. Oh, really? Oh, because you mentioned it on air. Yeah, I know, but that... Yeah, because you remember, Matt was disgusted. No. This is what happened. No, don't. What? What, you don't want this bit in? No, I'll take it out then. All right, good. Of course you will. Morning. Always nice to hear a joyful voice first thing in the morning, Well, Matt. I'm still laughing. I can't believe anybody would pay money for the monkey's signature. Excuse me? You are so stupid. I'm not the stupid one here, Matt. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, don't apologise for it. We, we, we deal with your stupid... I just cannot believe you've done that. I've never heard your voice go up. Well, I can't... <laughs> <laughs> That's just... the level of disbelief. Oh, I'll Someone's squeezing your plums. Voice. Yeah, go on. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, it sounded like you had a burning ring of fire. That's me. Yes. And you must have a burning ring of fire, something to sign a get monkey signature. Why? Have you ever and asked... I'm so pleased that Mary shut you down she this didn't, morning. She didn't shut me down. She shut you down because you keep doing it to everybody she else. She didn't shut me down. She did a hit and run. She hit threw a brick run. at me and then I ran away. Mary. I hope she's listening. She, she, she is listening because she can't stop listening. And she did, right. a, she did a cowardly phone call. Who... Whose autographs have you asked for, Matt? Paul Walsh, Luton Town. Oh, flip for My it. son, he refused my son yet to sign it. In Sunday Park garage, it was. And you I, asked you a man, who, you asked a man can... who kicks a ball around, no discernible talent for an autograph. Exactly, but... Flip it, You imagine you call what me I sad. said to him. What did you say to him, Matt? Uh, I've done a Mrs Brown. What, you made a really rubbish film? No. You dressed as I... a woman? Do you want me to say um, what Mrs Brown said to him? I'm really tempted to, but I'm going to say no. Let's just imagine a really... Get him to tell you off air. Go on, what did he go? ask him off air what he uh, did. So a football player refused to sign an autograph for Matt Sum and um, he's now telling Catherine off air what it was that uh, he said. Can, can he... Rep- oh, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt. Oh, Matt! <laughs> I can't say the hang up button. Is that. 
Gosh, I've never seen her blush. You're right, Devil Matt. OK, thanks very much. Bye. Is that a no-no? She hung up. She didn't put him back. What did he say? What did he say? Oh, Matt. Oh, Kath. Really? Yeah. Gosh. He said that. Can you, can you whisper it in my ear? I'm just going to play... Uh, I'll tell you what, hang on a second. I'll find something that we can play. And then you can... Um, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Uh, where is everything? I need you to... might want a long one. Can you do the boa constrictor? Yeah, I'm just trying to find... Here we go. Right, OK. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. Oh, Matt. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. Oh, Matt. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. Matt. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no. Oh, Matt. Oh, no. He swallowed my toe. He swallowed my toe. Matt? Oh, gee. Oh, gee. He's up to my knee. Oh, gosh, He's Matt. My knee. Oh, fiddle. Oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle. He's reached my middle. Oh, heck. Oh, heck. He's up to my neck. What? He's up to my neck. Oh, dread. Oh, dread. He swallowed my... Yeah, he did. Wow. <laughs> Matt doesn't hold back, does he? This week, I gave Dennis a theme tune. Let's go to Dennis in Dunstable. Good morning, Ian. Dennis, we're talking about having arguments with celebrities. I know you've called in before about you had a, a situation with Douglas Fairbanks, who owned the bowling alley that you were working at. Yeah, he was the and he, he, he lent you um, a, a toothbrush, and it was all oh, a little no. bit awkward. What got story have you got today round. about celebrities? You've got it the wrong way round. Oh. He came over to see me... Hang, hang on a second, hang on a second. I just want to make this... Let me just make this a little bit more pertinent to... Yeah. Uh, right, hang on, here we go. Let's make this... Away you go, Dennis. Right. Douglas Fairbanks was a managing director of a company that came from America, and I was running one of his places at Swindon, and he came over to see us, and be- before he went down to see the rest of the staff, he wanted to wash, so I used the, wa- the wash place in my office... Then he said to me, have you got a toothbrush? So I said, yes, a personal one. Oh, I don't mind. He said, I'll use it. So he cleaned his teeth with it, which appears to be luminous teeth anyway. And then he scrubbed his fingernails with it and he gave it back to me, grey. So I dropped in the dustbin and he looked surprised that I'd thrown it away. I think he thought I was going to keep it as a souvenir. So that's my little tale. OK. Stop the music now. Now, I don't like this next link. Here's me telling a boring story. Well, when, when did that happen? Oh, here. No, no, never. Mm? No? Yeah. Let me listen. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Of the reason I don't like football is well, it's boring. I don't mind kicking a ball around I discovered a couple of years ago. Uh, but it, it, it's boring to watch, isn't it? Uh, uh, but another part of the reason I don't like football is you get you get plums, plums like Rio Ferdinand banging on about it. Now Rio Ferdinand paid what in his prime? I'm going to pluck a figure out of the air: one hundred and sixty thousand pounds a week. 
probably sounds about right, doesn't it, Kells? Yeah, why not? He was he was a popular footballer in his day. Yeah. Um, and then he's he's got a book coming out, Rio Ferdinand. It's his autobiography. That means that he didn't write it, guys. Oh no, hang on. That means he should have written it, but another man would have written it. Maybe even a team of men. You're right, Kath. You're right, Kath. Yeah. Yeah. Good we. Yeah. Okay. One young star cried in front of the boss when he didn't get picked. I told him to stop being a baby, said tough man Rio Ferdinand. The same Rio Ferdinand, who when he didn't get picked for England because he's too old and he's not that good anymore, went and had a little strop on Twitter like a 15-year-old schoolgirl who's been dumped by her older boyfriend. He's pathetic. And this is one of the reasons... Why football is so is so rubbish. You've got these babies, you've got these spoiled babies who, let's be honest, and I'm going to say something I'll qualify in a second, have never done a decent day's work in their life, getting paid 170 grand a week, 200, 300,000 pounds a week. Oh, it's not fair. Oh, it's not fair. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama. I have done a decent day's work in my life. Just one day, but I did it, and it was horrible. Never did that again. It was horrible, all dirty and sweaty. Wasn't any, any of that. What were you down a mine? <laughs> no, I've, you're working at B Jam. Hey, no, hey, here we go. Here's, here we go. We can do this. Worst jobs you've ever had. Um, picking litter in a Pakistani desert. Beat that. Yeah, that's what I did. I picked litter in a desert in Pakistan. Beat that. Were you wearing a like pink overall? No, I think I, I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. What's your beef? Was it I'm community just service? Yeah. It was not a prisoner, but prisoners get off lighter than that. You get off lighter than that if you go and murder somebody. What were you litter picking for? Because there was litter in the desert in Pakistan. I had to pick it up. You're working on a film set. Yeah, it was a desert. No, it was a real desert in Pakistan. That wasn't your job, though. You weren't a litter picker. I was... What do you mean that wasn't my job? That day, that was my job. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you you go on as if that was your job. Oh, uh, job description, litter picker. Right, that day, my job description was pick up litter in the desert. You were working on a film set because your dad worked there. It's massive nepotism. It was a desert impact. Me and Kelly never worked on a film... Oh, I, I did, actually, but... We never worked on a film set, did we? No, but it wasn't a film... It was an actual Pakistani desert. That you were using as a film set? Yeah, but it was a desert in Pakistan. I had to pick up litter. Yeah, fair dues. You had it really rough. Thank you very much indeed. Blimey. Yeah, fair play. That was quite boring. Why did that go out on air? And why did it go in a podcast? Don't know. I'd just like to show you a dull side. I blame you as the producer, Boyle. I'm not the producer of this. No, but you're the producer of the air output, and Kelly, you're the producer of the internet output, so mm. I blame both of you. Thank you. Why don't you blame your big mouth? Why don't you blame that? Oh. Um, who have we got, Ke- uh, Catherine? Vader 2, Jamie and Dunstable. Jamie! Good morning. Morning, boss. What you got for us? Uh, no, the arguments with celebrities. Oh, yo, um, yeah, yes, I forgot about that one. Ever had a dust-up or a bust-up with a celebrity? Yeah, it was about 20 years ago when I was a bit more of a gobby teenager. Yep. Um, we were in the Live 94 show, and... We were doing a music stand. Every time he tried to speak, I'd turn the music up over him. And in the end, he kind of lost the plot and came over it now to go home. Who was this? The Jeremy Beadle. Oh, Jeremy Beadle. There's the big reveal. A a legend, of course. I've heard famously grumpy gentleman. Well, he was, but I did kind of wind him up quite a lot as well. So what was he talking about? I can't remember. You couldn't hear (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> every time he went to speak, somebody would go to his stand and then I'd turn the music up. Okay, well, no, I, I need to qualify this, Jamie, because this is, have you ever had a dust-up with a celebrity? He told you off. Did you give it back? Oh, yeah, because I was, like, 8, 17 at the time, so I just sort of argued my call. And I can't remember, remember what I said. I 
said, I wouldn't swear, but I probably wasn't very polite. Jamie and Dunstable, thank you very much indeed. We're asking this morning, ever had a row with a celebrity? Jeremy Beadle. I forgot about Jeremy Beadle. Beadle bum. Famously grumpy gentleman, I'm led to believe. Led to believe. Came to work here once. Oh, yes. And uh, at that point, he was um, he had a pub quiz business. Uh, what? Yeah. Really? And if I recall correctly, he came on and, and basically did a pub quiz for a couple of hours. People love... If I were to sit here and do a pub quiz or a pass it on quiz where I ask a, some, several questions and if you get a question right, you're allowed to ask your own question... We would we would not stop getting phone calls. You two will be will be ragged by the end of the show. Gosh, imagine that. I once um, told someone that Jeremy Beadle was my dad. Why? I don't really know. Oh, it's funny. It's a funny and thing he, to do. He believed it, and then um, when he died, Jeremy Beadle, I got condolences on my <gasps> Facebook wall. No. It's awful, isn't it? Why did I do that? And then did you come out and say actually he wasn't my dad, or did you go? Oh, thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for thinking of I, me. I, I saw him, the, the guy out again, and I was like, I've oh, got something to say. And he was like, oh, I really believed you. I was really what a relief for you, though, to find out he wasn't your dad. Yeah. When, was... did, when did you find out? Um, when I realised that he wasn't... That would explain it. Ke- yeah. Kelly, great story. Great story from Kels there. Excellent. I think spontaneous uh, <laughs> round of applause is uh, definitely warranted. Thanks very much, Kelly. Finish it now. Thanks. As you know, I'm not a fan of estate agents. No. And here's why. This isn't the only reason, actually, and this is, I'm sure, quite rare. But uh, it was an, an easy location with easy access and no other takers. So when this estate agent saw the tempting Galaxy chocolate bar during a property viewing, he decided to move in and take immediate possession. Very clever, Paul Bentley, the uh, writer here. The 25-year-old, identified only as George, was spotted on camera last week stealing the treat as he showed prospective tenants around a flat. He makes sure the clients are out of sight before grabbing the chocolate bar and slipping it into a pocket in his purple suit. George! The theft was caught on a covert security camera installed in the property by its current owner. After seeing the agent steal the chocolate, which had been bought uh, bought for him by his wife as a birthday present... Hang on. (laughs) Come on, love. He called the police. So it's a little chocolate galaxy bar. It's a great picture. Look, he sees it. And he kind of swaggers over like Jack the Lad and puts it in his pocket. This fella called the... One, his wife bought him a galaxy... It's not even a big galaxy. It's like a normal one for, for 65p. Yeah. For a birthday present. And then well, he calls the police. Well, the moving house is expensive, isn't it? Moving house is expensive. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, said Mr Charter. I know it's only chocolate, but it's the principle. It's the fact he did it in my flat. The cheek, it's outrageous. Estate agents do far worse. Yeah, one walked uh, mud through mine on new carpets. Sometimes um, two estate agents... uh, No. Yeah, they do. Wow. Well, listen, would you have called the police? I would have called his boss and and made sure that um, he was mercilessly ribbed about it. Mr Charter has lived in the flat in Walthamstow, East London, for ten years. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) Well, listen to the, the... Okay. See if you can guess what I'm laughing at. Mr Charter has lived in the flat in Walthamstow, East London, for ten years, but has given notice because he's buying a home in Essex for him and his wife of one year, Sissy Wang. Mr Charter called the police and started a campaign on Facebook to shame the man and demand an apology. Or a family-sized bar. (laughs) Anyway, this this gets better and better. George said he tried to apologise with a bottle of wine and flowers, but Mr Charter would not listen. George's excuse? 
I suffer from fainting and dizziness. I've fainted 10 or 15 times, and I'm only 25. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> he needed the chocolate to stop him fainting. All oh, right. Yeah. But luckily, um, well... It's a well-known cure. Listen, if Sissy Wang bought her husband a chocolate bar for his birthday, then, then for goodness sakes, then he should be allowed to eat it. Respect that. Respect the Wang. <laughs> we had the best phone in ever this week. Have you ever self-tracked yourself? Here's how it went down, kids. Uh, so have you ever shot your finger in a car door? Or any door, let's open it to that, or even a window. Uh, but also... What if you stuck your finger in? Where? Uh, would it be that? Steady. You cannot, have a phone, you cannot have a phone in entitled What Have You Stuck Your Finger In? For many, many reasons, <laughs> most of them legal. We can. No. Our listeners aren't like that. that I'm, I'm afraid they are. Kyle? Mine, boss. Could we have a phone in? What have you stuck your finger in? Uh, I've, I've, uh, no, I can't answer that. No, exactly, you see. Right, let's rephrase it. What have you had your finger stuck in? No, oh, that's even worse. Carl, you've not you've not had your finger stuck anywhere. I'm hoping. Let's move on. But you have treated you have trepped yourself, haven't you? You've treated yourself medically. Um, kind of, but kind of not. Oh, so well, have you, well, have you or not? What's going What's going on, mate? I've, I've treated somebody else. Well, that's just first aid. Right. Well, no. This is um. Uh, this is embarrassing to say Go on a radio station, but uh, oh. my it's my only BBC uh, three counties. Don't worry. <laughs> my younger brother. Uh, he had like a really, really, really wobbly tooth when yeah. he was about seven or eight. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that and, happens. And uh, so I uh, insisted. Uh, I sort of didn't insist. I thought I said, "Well, if you want us to get the tooth out, we can do." And he said, "How?" And I said, "Tie a bit of cotton round it Come and on. put it on, put it on the uh, door handle, and we'll slam the door." And we did it, and uh, took his tooth out. Ladies and, I- and gentlemen, it is not an urban myth. Kyle did it to his seven-year-old brother, <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, no, it did. He, he actually thanked me afterwards as well. Wow. Have you ever been tempted? I mean, what do you do for a living now, Kyle? Uh, I can't tell you that. Oh, another, oh, another, oh. another yeah. spy. We've got so many spies listening to this. <laughs> Kyle, uh, have you ever been tempted to do it to yourself? Uh, no, because I'm not mental. <laughs> From now on, that is Agent Kyle. I've been told, Justin, you won't you won't carry on until I play your um your jingle. Is that right? That's right, Princess. Great bands this morning, by the way. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Oh 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 oh, oh. no oh, oh no oh 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 no oh. mysterious Ian. Oh. I want to get close to you. No, that's the wrong Calm one. Calm down, Pete. Ugh. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Hang that on. makes me feel a bit funny. Why? Peter Andre's a handsome guy. He said it with such sincerity at the end. Okay, this is this is what we have to play now. <laughs> Taking it to the streets with J Dog. Okay, I well, love the calm ending to that, don't you? Well, hopefully that's the last time we'll hear that jingle today. What? Well, I'm just saying. Hopefully it's the last time we'll hear that jingle today. No. Okay. We'll discuss that. I'm saying, Justin, that's the last time we'll hear that jingle on this show. No. Afraid it is, mate. No. Afraid it is. I'm the boss. So, uh, we've been asking, when have you trekked yourself? Mm. Medically speaking, of course. Yeah. Have you ever trekked yourself? 
Um, probably years ago with a football injury, yeah, but um, nothing too major compared to what's coming up here. Hey. Ian, I've taken this one to the streets yep. for you. Two stories coming up. A man who pulls his teeth out with his own hands Ooh. and a lady <laughs> who swears by string door bang. Ian, I'm in St Albans this morning. <laughs> string door bang. I've got their second <laughs> album on vinyl. Great album. Um, so, yeah, I'm in St Albans this morning yes. asking people about self-treatment. This is what happened. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Well, here with Stuart. Stuart has got an incredible story. Stuart, you often self-treat yourself when it comes to dental work. How many teeth have you pulled out in your lifetime? Eight. Eight teeth? And I've got one to go. Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. Feels like it's coming out the back of your neck. <laughs> so why don't you go to the dentist? That's uh, too dear. And if I go, it cost me a fortune. So right. you say you got one more on the way. When are you going to be yeah. taking that one out? That's oh, really it, loose, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon it'll either be today or tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to pull it out today or tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to leave you to it. Um, I'm quite scared now. Thank you very much. All right, mate. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies' perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts, and bucks. You have taken out two of your own teeth using string and a door. This was what Ian was looking for. Tell us how it felt. Painful, very painful. But it felt good afterwards. It was a bit of a relief afterwards to have the teeth out. You know, they were hurting for quite a long time and I couldn't afford to go to the dentist. So that's why I've done it. I mean, talk us through it because you've got to be in severe pain to to have done that in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I was in a lot of pain. it was just, you know, it was, like I said, it was my dad. He used to always do that when we were young. And I just followed what he'd done, really. How long know. did it take you to set the room up? A couple of minutes, that's all. <laughs> and then, bang, that was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just tied the, spring ra- the string around my tooth, tied it to the door handle and just slammed the door shut. That was it. Wow. Would you ever do it again? Possibly, if I had to, yeah. And um, just lastly, you mentioned your dad there. Yeah. So, so this kind of runs in the family. He never went to the dentist <laughs> no. at all. So he removed his teeth the same way? No, he done it that way and he also used pliers. Pliers? Pliers, yeah. He didn't believe in dentists. He couldn't handle all that lot. So. <laughs> he believed in pliers instead. Well, yeah, basically, you know. I, I know I've got a weird family, I yeah, know. Well, we're learning something new today. Thank you so much for your time, Adam. Have a good day. OK, thank you. Goodness sakes. Taking it to the streets right. with J Dog. Right. I mean, there that's. Flip it, eh? It sounds like Hill Street Blues. <laughs> what was that nonsense in the middle? What do you mean? The ladies, the ladies, the ladies. Uh, you said to me yesterday. The ladies, the ladies, hey, the hey, ladies. Justin, great idea. Yeah. Let's have a new feature called The Ladies' Perspective. Yeah. So, whilst I was catching up with Peter Andre, of course, famous uh, over former coffee, series, Over coffee and cake over an ISDN line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good friends. I said, Peter, would you mind doing me a, a quick line on The Ladies' Perspective? He went, oh, what's this feature? I said, well, it's where we go out into the streets, Peter, uh, and we get The Ladies' Perspective. He went, do you know what? That makes sense. Well, it's very well explained. But, yeah. yeah, but why? Hang on. Just listen. There's a flaw in this. Come on. The ladies' perspective with Ian Lee Not me. across beds, hearts, and bucks. The ladies, the ladies, it's nothing to do the with ladies, me, just. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies. 
and there's a scratch. You put a scratched record noise at the end. It's not 1989 for Listen, crying out loud. You say it's got nothing to do with you. Should it? It should be even vaguely relevant. It should be a CD scratching, not a no. scratched record noise. Listen, we do things properly, and let's not forget. Okay, let's not forget this. Your name is above the door. That's yeah. like a pub landlord saying, oh, well, I wasn't here at the time. Well, I'm your name's still to, above the door. To, I'm tempted to bar you, mate. Why? Kelly. I can remove the Ian Lee bit, if you like. Can you can you do a little bit of magic so that it's, um, says Justin? Uh, yes. Thank you. Well, great stories, though. I mean, apart yeah. from the, the... You kind of started getting a little bit too big for your boots. Great mm. stories. The personal uh, branding. Yeah, mm, absolutely. I mean, that man we spoke to, first of all, um, he, he was showing me how he, he pulls his teeth out. The, oh, this is so graphic. Did, um, he, did one, he pull it out in front of you? <laughs> maybe, because he said to me, look at this. He said, look, it's got to come out either today or He should have whipped it out tomorrow. in front of you, Justin. i tell you what. Yeah. How about I go and have a word with him? Is he and still there? He's still here. He's still here. He works on the market. Mate, get him I'm to do it. Like, get him, get, record it or get him to do it live on air today or tomorrow. Is that what you want? Not that we condone it, of course. It's probably breaking loads of health and safety. So no, no, but he, said, me, but, but he said to me on tape there, w- without being pushed, he said that that tooth has got to come out either today or tomorrow. It's so loose. When he was talking to me, I could see it moving. <laughs> so you, it's got to come out. Do you think, Justin, you can persuade a man to get it out live on air? On a scale of one to ten, I'd say five. But leave it with me. Tony, what have you got for us? Hello, Ian. Yeah, um, you want to know about what you do to cure your own problems? I'll burst my own piles. Ladies and gentlemen, on that bombshell. The self-trek yourself phoning continued. Man, it was wicked, kids. My idea. Well, what? Mm-hmm. It was not your idea. Totally my idea. Whose granddad drilled through his own fingernails? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're welcome. No, but then I turned your rather, let's be honest, dull story into an excellent phone-in. Oh, okay, that's the way you. Remember. Yeah, it wasn't your idea. To, who got their finger? Who got their finger trapped in a door? Well, you. Yeah, exactly. Famously. I ended up with a black finger. You did that just for a phone-in, did you? No, I didn't. I did it. That prompted your story. That prompted me to do a phone-in about whenever you ever self-trek yourself. So, okay. look, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It doesn't matter. Guys, the point is, it worked. You both win. And the point is, you're welcome. And the point is, thank me, I'm welcome. <laughs> Want to hear from more people who've had dodgy injuries? Yeah, of course you do, because you are sick. And I mean sick in the fat way. Like and I mean sick. fat as in skateboarding. Mmm, I'm doing an ollie. Not like that, it's a skateboarding turn. Here's Myrtle. Myrtle's in Bedford. Good morning, Myrtle. Good morning. What have you got your finger stuck in? Uh, my do- daughter had a heavy plastic horse. Yeah. And it broke in two, oh. and there was a hole that was not punctured out. So I poked my finger in it. Yeah. Couldn't get it out. Oh. Anyway, I used a bottle of olive oil, went yeah. round to my neighbour. Yeah, with this, with the half a horse stuck on your finger. Yeah, yeah. 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 She phoned the fire service oh. for a little man in a little van to come and take it out. There was two fire engines, the police, the oh. press... I have never, ever been so embarrassed in all my life. They lifted me up, sat me on the sink. (sighs) Man alive. Then I had to go down to the hospital because they couldn't get it all off. And the foreign doctor said, why have you got your finger stuck up a horse's... You know what? I have never, ever, ever forgotten that. I, I, I'd like to ask the same question that the doctor asked. Why did you stick your finger up a horse's bum bum? Well, because I wanted to get... The, it wasn't that end. I wanted to put, get this... It's like when you 
you know, do a piece of paper and it, you put a hole in it and it doesn't come clear. You just, you wanted to, you wanted, you wanted to feel what it felt like? <laughs> no. Is it still there? <laughs> no, it's not still there. Myrtle, Myrtle, I've got a question. Yes. Buckaroo? Was it a buckaroo? I don't know what it was. It, it just came in half, and she was screaming, and oh, it was, it was. She funny. was screaming. Yeah. Well, what about you? Yeah. Well, there you go. When you say the fireman put you on the um, the the, uh, the draining board, yeah. are you tiny? <laughs> How tall are you? Five foot and a half inch. That half inch is very important. That is. Oh, that is. Bertle. All I saw was their shiny boots. I didn't look at them. I was so embarrassed. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I just, I just don't know what to say, Myrtle. I'm, I'm, I, I'm awful. I'm always getting my fingers stuck in a steering wheel, and oh, terrible I am. I don't know what's wrong with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Myrtle, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Just, just, just keep your fingers to yourself, yes, or maybe I not. Will. I will. Thank, thank you very much. Ta-ta. Stay tuned, dear listener, because I could teach you to play the piano just like this. It's a piece of cake. Oh, I'm playing a piano. It really is as easy as this. You press the white buttons and you press the black buttons, and then you make a sound. Ladies and gentlemen, later on in the show, we need to get Paul Scoyne's a keyboard because I have just taught him deals. I've just taught Scoyne how to play the piano during Tusk. Well, at least he can do something useful for once. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is harsh but fair. Yes, absolutely. Yes. If you want to learn how to play the piano this morning, listeners, I am giving out free lessons. All these. The thing about um, penis, uh, Justin, is that they yes. say it's really hard, OK? Yeah. It is not hard to be a fantastic pianist. It is not. No, no. no. I mean, I mean look, look at Jerry Lee. Exactly. I, yeah. I will teach anyone how to play the piano this morning. It's a pi- that All these, like Elton John... All these mm. great pianists, right? Elton John, yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, all these yeah. people. Oh, it's really hard to learn the piano. I've got loads of lessons. Uh, I've just literally taught Scoins how to play it in three and a half minutes. <laughs> they seem like chances now. Uh, they are, yeah. cha- yeah. are they chances. Yeah. They are yeah. chances. Talentless, yeah. They, ju- they just got lucky. Yeah, thank you, Scoins. You go off and enjoy yourself by playing the piano. Uh, <laughs> now, the re- listen, the reason we got you on, Justin, you've mm. been covering some heavy stories recently. Yeah. Not today. Good news. It's good news for the people of Bedford. Your town, dear listener, is one of the best places in Britain to get shorts. Uh, Get caught short. The new public loose in Lurk Street. Lurk Street? We'll be open 24 hours a day, which in the days when you'd be lucky to find a convenience that hasn't been boarded up is not to be sniffed at. Who writes this stuff? Me. It was good, wasn't it? Well, while it lasted. (laughs) Justin, you have been checking out these fantastic new loos for us, haven't you? Mm, Absolutely. Now, Ian, come on. How many times have you been somewhere and you've not been able to find a public toilet? I bet that happens all the time. Literally every day of my life, my friend. You know me. I'm getting older. (laughs) Not here in Bedford. These toilets, as you say, they are 24 hours a day in Lurk Street. I have to say, they are absolutely beautiful. Oh, great. Two cubicles. Uh, they've got some lovely blue lighting, crisp white tiles, and the shiniest mirrors you have ever seen. Wow. Very, very wow. impressive. Uh, they open this week, but, but who cares what I think? Yeah. I've actually been inside the toilets oh, this morning mate. with the people of Bedford. Two cubicles inside there. Uh, one which is unisex and one which is a disabled toilet. So I've been inside those toilets with the public, Ian. And um, 
Here's what happened. So, Ruben, just going to walk inside the toilet here. Look at this, the blue lights. You must be impressed by that, surely. Nah, so it just looks uh, a bit like a nightclub, don't it? Well, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Nah. All oh, right, OK, there's a camera up there. Uh, as we walk around here, we've got a, a disabled toilet and we've got a, a cubicle uh, that can be used by men and women with a lock on it. Let's just walk inside here. It's all shiny, it's all new. Come on, as a local, you've got to be impressed by this. Nah, it's nothing special. This looks cheap to me. Looks cheap? Yeah. Should we check out the flush? Yeah, all right. Okay, here we go. I'll probably score that as probably what? Eight out of ten? What about you? Yeah, same as probably. Yeah, yeah. eight? Okay, at least we've ground something. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for that. What about you, sir, as, um, as a local standing inside the... Uh, the toilet with me. How do you uh, how do you rate the smell here? It seems to be quite fresh, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, very very fresh. Yeah, it's looking good. It's, it's brand new. Nice. So, so you were very impressed by the surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about the lighting over here? If we just move out of the cubicle for a second, we can see the blue lighting here with the camera. I, I can see a bit of chic there, but also a bit of safety mixed in as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just lastly, out of ten, how would you describe these toilets out of ten? Yeah. Yeah, how would you score them out of ten? Nine. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. No, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, ten. Yeah. A ten now? Yeah. Nice to meet you in unusual circumstances. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's Pete who's just uh, come out of the toilet. Pete, how would, you, uh, how would you rate the experience in there? Very good, actually. Yeah. Very, very good, yeah. It's clean, tight, it's just been refurbished. It's really nice. So you feel quite good about it? There's a, there's a full good factor about this toilet? Oh, yeah, 100%. As I say, it's new. So, yeah. Let's keep it that way, new and fresh. Yeah, as long as you don't get vandalised, it'll be all right, yeah. Great right stuff. Thank you very much, Lee, for the toilet feedback. No worries. Gosh, Justin, you really do um, live the dream there. Absolutely. I think sometimes, Ian, I think, you know, when you come to stories like this, don't just stand outside like every other radio station. Go in there with the people and see what they think. The feedback has been fantastic so far. You'll be talking to the council later on. And, uh, yeah, I think that um, these toilets uh, are something the people can be proud of here in Bedford. Do, uh, have you used the facilities yourself? Uh, no, give me ten minutes and I'll be in there. OK. Um, do, do, I'm being told by Catherine why they have blue lights in the yeah, toilet. Yeah, it's not a design thing. I know it's a bit sort of retro in 80s and it's probably something mm. you've got at home, Justin, a bit of blue lighting. No, do, do you know what? I, I'd love to have blue lighting well, in my toilet. Do you know but, what it's called, Jos? No, no, go on. You say you can't find a vein. Is that what it is? Yeah, so people can't shoot up in there. No. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, then, that's got a double purpose because that sounds like a great idea. And, and it's secondly, chic too. It looks chic. Chic with safety here in Bedford. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> chic with safety. Thank you, Justin. Cheers, boss. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, guys. Now, we have all been wondering what's happened to Colin from Dunstable, haven't we? Yeah, where's Colin been? Where's Colin been? Well, luckily this week he called in with a little update. I've just got back from South Wales. Had a couple of days away. So that's where Colin's been. Oh, that's where Colin's been. That's where Colin's been. That's where he's been. Where is he? I don't know. Should we call him? Where have you been? I've just got back from South Wales. Had a couple of days away. Ah, oh, that's, that's where Colin's been. been. That's it. That's the podcast. One. What? Two. You can't do two numbers oh, sorry, consecutively. Okay. One. Two. Three. Four. four. Oh, that means we should kiss. What? Nothing. Did you? No. I thought. Huh? Did she? Huh? A bit, yeah. One. 
Two. Three. Four. Five. You're not doing it again, Kath. You've got to do it. You start. One. One. Oh. Go. One. One. Start. Uh, one. One. Oh. One. Two. Three. Four. Oh, we should kiss. Let's kiss. Right, stop. Focus. <laughs> one. Two. Three. Four. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. I've just got back from South Wales, had a couple of days away.